0: Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. We're talking still about um, the core values, and we're still on the Father Heart of God. We're going to be on it for a little while longer because, honestly, it's just so good. But I had... um, I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story cuz I think it'll we'll help you. I've told you guys before that my dad loves to he loves to have a garden and his garden is massive and we felt like slaves sometimes as kids out there weeding the garden. When he first planted it, he planted it like you would in any normal field of like a big farmer because he grew up farming with big farmers. And so he went out to break up the ground and um my sister when when my dad does projects it's always a family project so it's not just my dad's project it's all of us right so at 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning we're out there working with my dad right and so he my sister my older sister had gone and got grabbed a shovel and she stepped on it now they live in Missouri okay so think Missouri ground Heart as a rock and so my sister gets out the shovel and she she you know, like, does the shovel thing first, and nothing really happens. It literally just skims over the surface. And so then she takes it, and she, like, puts her foot on it. Nothing happens. She stands on the thing, and she's, like, wiggling it back and forth, and it's not going any further into the ground than about, like, an inch and a half. And so my dad laughs, and he goes over, he's like, get out of the way. And so he gets up, and he stands on the shovel, and it maybe sinks in another half an inch. And he was like, oh, well, if we're going to have a garden here, we've got some work to do, Right? And so he calls his friend, who's a farmer, who brings out not just the tiller that you push behind, but like, I don't know, some sort of variety tiller thing. It was big. That's what I know. Like a tractor type stuff. I told you, he has a big garden, okay? So he tills the ground with this massive machine, all right? And... um, and then my dad has, my dad goes to his, he goes to his books. He's been studying about gardens and he begins to just pour over his books and he goes to my, my, the neighbor and he's like, hey, my girls and I will come and we'll bale hay for the summer and if you'll give us like 50 bales of hay. And so the farmer was like, that's a lot of hay, but okay, I'll take free labor, right? And so I'm 12 years old, you know, carrying bale hay, bales of hay that are bigger than I am, you know, like they weigh more than I am. You're throwing them up on the back of the trailer as it's going in front of you. So we're out there working this thing, and then he goes and he gets cow manure, and we get to go help with that too. That was fun. And um, all this fun stuff, right? And he takes it, and he plants it all into the earth. Right? He sticks it all into the ground. He's built, by this point, like I don't know, he's done a lot of research, right? He's built, like, raised beds that are about three foot high. And, like, he's done tons of work. So he's putting all this hay in there and cow manure. And I don't even know what else because at some point I was like, whatever, just... I just want to go enjoy my summer, right? And so we're working this, and that whole year was rough. Like, I remember pulling weeds, and I would sit there, and, like, my whole strength, and I'm, like, pulling on it, and I couldn't get it to budge until it would rain, and I would have to go out and pull it when it rained because the ground would finally get soft enough for it to move. The next year, we, um, my dad was like, Misty, come out and look at the garden. I'm like, oh, it's gardening season again. And so I go out there, and he's like, look at this, and he, he takes his hand, now, last year, they're like, I don't know, it was a year or maybe two. I don't want to exaggerate. I don't know, really know. I just know that this is, I remember this exactly like happening. I just can't remember how long it was in the middle. He literally takes his hand and he shoves it straight. He hasn't tilled it. He hasn't gartered. He hasn't done anything to it. He takes it and just sticks it all the way to his elbow, straight into the, ground, into the earth. And yesterday, we were, we were having lunch with him, and he, he was telling me a story. He was like, he goes, do you remember that black snake? And I was like... We've had lots of black snakes in our garden and in the yard when I was growing up because we lived in the country. And he was like, he said, our dog, our Great Dane, was chasing a black snake through the garden. And the snake went into one of the raised beds and that was growing potatoes. And as it went through in the earth to get away from the dog... It was, the ground was so beautiful that as the snake went through, it would pop up all the potatoes, all the, like, (laughs) all the good, like, the finished potatoes we hadn't pulled out yet just would pop up just because the snake went flying through the ground, you know. That's how beautiful the the land had become. The earth had been tilled, and it had been, and he had processed, but he had taken time to study and to, and, you know, and so he loves tomatoes. He always makes more tomatoes than we could ever, ever eat, and um, he would... Be out there and like, he'd be like working on them and taking all the vines and wrapping them around and tending to them, right? Like, that was, he loves his garden. He loves to work in it. And, you know, and he loved to take it from the really, really hard ground with Missouri clay, right? That's not really workable. We have trees we planted years ago that were fruit trees that still won't produce fruit because our ground is bad. You know, we haven't taken the time. Like, he would send soil samples out and, like, get new soil samples in and, like, tweak it. I don't even know what he would do. Like, he had studied and researched how to grow a good garden, right? With Sean and I, we were like, we'll just plant these fruit trees, and then they've got some problems, all right? Because we're not tilling. We're not working the ground. We're not learning about it, right? Because Sean, I was thinking about today, my dad loves the garden, and Sean loves the flowers, and so Sean does all that research with flowers and, and that kind of stuff. So the other thing that Sean has, I, I was learning about, is I remember the first time that we had we had these roses, knockout roses, is that what they are, Sean, that you love? Yeah, okay. And so they were out in front of our house, it was like an 1870s home, you know, in the front porch, and then it had all these beautiful flowers in the front. And I remember at the end of, like, I think it was the end of winter before spring, or it was in the fall, I don't know which, I don't know what season it is, but he went out there, and like, I go out there, and he's leveled all of the flowers, like, the roses that were, you know, this tall, he had dropped, like, to here, and they were just sticks, and I was like, I thought you loved these flowers, what are you doing, he was like, I do love the flowers, I'm like, you, you literally just dropped them, like, all the way down to, like, a foot off the, what are you doing, you know, and he was like, he goes, if I don't cut them down, he's like, they'll never produce flowers again, he was like, the only way to actually make them produce flowers is to cut them really low. He was like, and by next year, don't worry, Misty, they'll grow back up. They'll be beautiful again. I'm like, I don't know. And they, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't do outside stuff. Okay? <laughs> They're really pretty to look at, but I'm not the one who's, who's constantly out there, you know, taking care of those things and studying it. I don't love gardening. I like to eat of the garden but I don't love the process of, of the actual, like, doing it. But there's something beautiful about it that you see. How many of you guys would think that my dad hated his garden? No? How many of you guys think that when he would go out there and find that the tomato vine that was full of tomatoes had dropped down because it was so heavy of fruit that he would get angry at the tomato vine because it wasn't strong enough to hold the fruit up. He didn't get mad at the vine that was so full of fruit that it had dropped. What did he do? Picked it up, tied it to the fence. So and supported it, right? That's what he does. He goes out, and he tends it. He goes out, and he takes the, the big, fat, nasty, ugly tomato worm things. Ugh, they're so gross. And he would kill them. Why? Because they eat, they eat the tomato. They'll kill the entire tomato plant in a day or two. Like, those things, those things move fast. Trust me, I used to ignore them because I hated killing them. as a little kid, and my dad would always find out. <laughs> Whose row is this? is mine. <laughs> you didn't kill the tomato worms. No, I didn't. I did not kill them. Ugh, it's so gross. I was reading in one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is, is John 15. Um, before I get there, though, I'm actually going to read John 14. Let me see here. 8 through 11. I don't have it on my slide, so don't worry about looking for it. In John 14, he says, The words that I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father, abiding in me, does his work. And then again in 23, he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and we will make our abode with him. We will live with him. Right? Right? He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So Jesus is saying, and there's other scripture verses where he says, I only do what I saw the Father doing. So when we look at Jesus and the life of Jesus, we have to remember that every word he spoke, Father was speaking to him. I only speak the words I hear my Father speaking. Right? So when Jesus... Did not condemn the woman caught in adultery. Was he acting on his own or was he being approved and and acting through and responding to her like the Father was telling him to? Was he acting on his own? No, he wasn't. He was responding with the Father's love, right? So when we read these scriptures, we need to keep in mind that he's showing us something that's really, really important. So John 15 verse 1 and 2, it says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that my father, or I'm sorry, so that it may bear more fruit. Okay, so he is now referring to, he's been talking about his father, now he's referring to a vine dresser or a gardener or a farmer, right? It's the same type of name, only a vine Dresser is the one who's over a vineyard and not a farm. Okay, it's the same. It's the same perspective. So he's he's sharing. We have to keep in mind now. He's talking that like he's taking this and he's going. Okay, Father God is the is the gardener. Okay, let's keep that. That's the word we are common. We're commonly familiar with, right? He's the gardener, and I am the vine. So Jesus is the vine. And we become his branch, right? As we are grafted into him through salvation, we've become a, a branch of the vine. Now, let me just ask you this question. If you're looking at a tomato plant, because I'm more familiar with tomato plants than I am with grapes, okay? But if you're looking at a tomato plant, do you go, oh man, this, this branch... Is really having trouble, or you go, This tomato is having this tomato plant is having trouble. It's the whole thing. We view them as a whole thing. When Jesus is, when Father God is looking at us, He's not separating Jesus from us. We've become part of Him, we've been grafted into Him, right? So we technically are the branches of God, right? Of Jesus, but He looks at us as the whole thing. When you look at a vineyard and the shoots, it's actually one main plant that then sends out its branches so far, like it can go, I don't know how many acres it can take up, one, one um, vine, one grapevine can take up, but it takes up a ton of, of space, right? So it just continues to go and to go and go. And Father God isn't looking at and going, well, this part's Jesus and the rest of this, uh, you know, I don't really care about. No, the vine doesn't actually produce the fruit. The branches do right? The branches are the one. It's not the trunk, the main trunk of the, of the grapevine that produces. It's the, it's the branches of the grapevine that produce the fruit, right? So when God is, Father God is tending to us, he's tending to us as one unit, because what affects the vine affects the branches, and what affects the branches affects the vine, right? When we think of Father God as being an angry God, We're not taking into consideration this perspective. Gardeners don't hate their gardens. Gardeners don't hate their plants. When their plant doesn't produce fruit, they don't get mad at the plant. They realize that there's a problem, right? The soil might not be to the right, I don't know, all the chemicals in the soil aren't perfect for this plant, or there's a bug on it, or there's some sort of infestation, or there's mold growing on it. There's, there's a problem, right? He's not mad. He doesn't target his anger at the plant. He begins to try to work out this, right? So I want you to take a second and look at the word take, takes away. So let's read it again. Oh, go back, go back. Read it again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Okay, we're going to stop right there. So this word, this perspective of takes away, I want to take a minute, because when we look at that word, we, mean, we think it means we remove it, right? But pruning is removing things, OK? So what does takes it away mean? Let's look at that. The Thayer's definition, now you can go there, OK. It means to raise up, to lift up, to take upon oneself and to carry what's been raised up. It's to bear. Sometimes it does mean to bear away what has been raised, to carry it off, which is the takes away part, which is the pruning, okay? But the first part of this scripture verse is actually saying that when it's not bearing fruit, it gets lifted, okay? In, in grapes, I did some, some tiny scratch the surface of grapes, and my word, there's a lot of technical stuff that you have to learn if you're going to ever manage grapes, Okay. When grape vines hit the ground, they get too moist to be able to um, produce grapes. And so when um, when they're on the ground, they actually need to be lifted up because it's usually the lower ones on the vine that actually produce the grapes versus the higher ones. The higher ones are the new ones that pull the sun in. They have all the flower or the leaves. It's the lower ones that are the vines that actually produce the grapes so that when they don't produce fruit, they have to be lifted up. They have to be carried. They have to be picked up. And they get attached. They get anchored to the structure that keeps the vine up. Does that make sense? So when we read this scripture, some of us get a little bit like, ooh, I don't really like this scripture because it says that he takes it away. Like if it doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. It. No, it's, it's the same thing as with a gardener and a tomato vine. When the tomatoes get so heavy, the vines get too heavy. They, don't, they can't hold themselves up. They have to get lifted. They have to be pulled up and supported. They need to be anchored to something that's strong and solid so that they can bear the weight of the fruit that they're going to be producing. So even the tomato vine doesn't support itself. It gets supported on a trellis or something like that, right? We support it. Grapevines, they say, actually grow horizontal naturally. They have to be pulled up And pulled into position so they can actually produce the best fruit. They can't, they're not, they're not supported by themselves. They have no capacity. They're not a trunk of a tree that can stand itself up. They actually have to be picked up off the ground and supported to an anchor. Does that make sense? That's who we are, right? What does it say? I don't have these scripture verses in here. It says, He who abides in me and I in him bears my troop, for apart from me you can do nothing. Then it says above that, it says, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. It's saying we're completely dependent upon Christ. Right? We're completely dependent upon Christ. We can't even support ourselves by ourselves. Okay? The grapevine does not have the capacity, doesn't have a spine to be able to stand up on its own. It has to be anchored in, right? And then it's tended from there, okay? That's the first section, the first section. So he, he anchors it in. Let me let's see. John 15:1 in the Passion translation, I felt like they did a really good job translating this. It says, um, it says, "I am the true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father." That's um, Brandy, that's number five. There you go. I am the true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. He lifts up and he props them up. He supports them. So when we are fruitless, he doesn't just come in and start removing us. He moves us closer to him, and he anchors us in closer to him. And he makes sure that we stay connected. These scripture verses, when you look at them, verses 1 through 3 are talking about the people who are in Christ. 1 through 3 is people who are in Christ. 4 and 5 are about the necessity of staying in Christ. Okay, verse 6 This is the one that says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather them and they cast them into the fire and they're burned. And then verse seven and eight, again, goes back to stay in me. So there's one scripture verse in there that talks about being thrown into the fire. And did you know that when you graft something in, one, two, or many years later, at the graft union spot, it can actually break away smooth and clear. And the branch that was grafted in at the, at the graft site, can actually just fall off. Why? Because it wasn't drawing its nourishment from the vine. It never fully grafted in in a healthy way. Does that make sense? It wasn't the vine's problem. It was the branch never fully grafted in. The, gra- the branch never fully chose to abide in the vine, and then it just fell off and then it dries up, and then it gets removed, right? Okay. Let's talk for a second about a vine dresser's job, because I want to really focus. We could totally talk about all the pruning and all that stuff. We all know about pruning, okay? But what we want to really focus in on is the Father God. It's, It's the vine dresser that we want to really focus in on. He has a job list. This is some of the things that a vineyard owner has to do. This is what he's in charge of. He's in charge of grafting in the new. He's, he oversees the irrigation. It's really, really important to have water consistently on a grape, on a vineyard, but not too much water, right? Because not enough water means you don't have good grapes because they don't have enough water to be able to make them Nice and plump and juicy, right? But too much water overloads them and causes rot in the root, right? So they have to be over, they have to oversee that. They're obviously overseeing pest and animal control. Um, They have to prevent frost damage. Do you know what that looks like? At least. A long time ago, I don't know if they still do it right now, but they used to put out when they would they would have to pay attention to the weather patterns, know what was coming in advance, and then they would have to go out and light in the middle of the night. They would have to light burn barrels throughout their entire um, vineyard, and you would see, you see pictures of these burn barrels, you know, and what it would do is it would raise the temperature in the vineyard high enough so that when the frost would come and the frost would meet the burn barrels, then it would create a nice temperature for the vineyard, and it would never get above a certain te- or below a certain temperature. But they had to get up in the middle of the night to do that, because frost doesn't always come until, you know, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And then they had to oversee it because you have fire in your vineyard. What would happen if a fire got out of the burn barrel? That's bad, right? So you have, you have a, a vine dresser. The vineyard owner has to plan for this. They have to pay attention to the weather patterns. They have to go out and light fires in their burn barrels when the frost is coming. Does that sound like an angry God or an angry vineyard owner? Do you think he hates his vineyard if he's taking his nighttime space to care for it? doesn't seem like that should be the case. He's in charge of weed control. What happens when weeds take over? They choke out the fruit, Right? He anchors the branch, which we just talked about, to prevent breakage, to help with fruit produce, production and those kinds of things. So he's in charge of making sure that all the vine branches are being supported properly and anchored in like they're supposed to be. He prunes. Pruning, for a second. Let's just talk about that, okay? Pruning allows airflow. They actually say with the vineyard, you actually want to overprune. Like they said, you can almost not prune too much. They said, but you do have, there's a, there's a balance between how many leaves you let there on the top to pull in all the sunlight, but down closer to where the fruit begins to grow, it needs to be weeded out really good, because it can't have a lot of leaves there, or the sunlight won't come in and produce the grapes that it was supposed to. So you, they, they prune to allow airflow or the Holy Spirit to move, Okay. They maximize the sunlight through the way that they prune. They make sure that it's lifted and arranged in such a way that all the leaves catch the sun so that it can produce and pull in the nutrients from the sun. Remove unproductive parts, all the places that start to get a little bit brown or the little branches that don't quite grow like they're supposed to. You know, they actually even produce, um, they'll remove, if you have two clusters on the same branch, they'll remove the one furthest from the vine so that the one closest to the vine can grow bigger and stronger. It can receive all of the nutrients, okay? And then the last thing is they remove disease and illness. When they prune, that's what they're doing. Now, when they're pruning, they actually go in, they have their, their pruning shears, and they have vinegar with them or alcohol of some sort. And every time they make a cut, they say they make, they make sure that all of their pruning shears are extremely sharp. And they make a cut. They make one single cut, and then they have to take their shears and they dip it into the vinegar, because they never want the transference of an illness from one branch to the next, right? So it's, it's time-consuming. Think about those huge vineyards. You know, obviously, it's not one person going through the entire vineyard in, in our world, but, but that perspective of every single place that they cut, they have to make sure that their, their pruning shears are crisp and cleaned every single time, and they don't only do one quick cut. They never hack on a branch because the hacking on a branch damages it. Do you guys see how this is relating to Father God? If Father God is our vine dresser, he doesn't come and as he's pruning, he's not hacking away at us in a way that damages us. He makes sure that when he's pruning us, it's crisp and clean. It's always with a purpose. It's always extremely intentional right? It's caring. And as much as cutting off a limb might be not so fun for the branch, it's as gentle as it can be, right? This is who Father God is. That's what Jesus was saying. My father is the vine dresser. 22 times, I think I counted in my NASB Bible, in just chapter 14 alone, he used the term my father. What was he trying to impart to to the disciples and to us? It's kind of important. He was imparting to us that his father was a good father who loved them and who was caring for them. All of chapter 14 was how he was preparing them for the future. He was getting ready to go to the cross, and he knew that his life on the earth was getting ready to shift incredibly. Right, They would no longer have him flesh to flesh. So he was going to leave, and so he's telling them all through chapter 14, my father's preparing something for you. He's actually going to be sending you the Helper, the Holy Spirit, and He's going to come and He's going to teach you and remind you of everything that you that I've told you, and He's going to help you learn how to walk in my ways and how to do my word. Right? The Holy Spirit's coming. So the Father God actually was preparing, and He's telling them it was the Father all along. Everything you saw me do, it was the Father. Everything you saw me do, it was the Father, and and the Father is still preparing. So as we go forward, everything that is being done through. God is from the Father. The Holy Spirit and Jesus will never do something apart from the Father, right? He's a good Father. He's a vine dresser. He cares for you. Even in the pruning, it's out of care. If you don't prune a vineyard, it won't produce fruit. It will actually stunt its growth, right? What He is doing, what He's teaching here, is who the Father is. If we just take Those two scripture verses and really researched, which is a little bit of what I did, on who, what is a vine dresser? What do they do? Why do they do it? And we really think about it. Nobody who gardens, gardens out of despise. They don't hate what they're doing, right? Or at least they love the fruit that they're going to receive in the end, right? They might not love the heat, but they are actually creating something because they love it. You know, people who consistently, am I making noise? Okay, those who are consistently gardening, like my dad, love their garden. They go in and they just spend time there. My dad would just walk through it and enjoy it. He'd just walk through and then he'd see, oh, that looks like it needs to be pulled off or that needs to be lifted up. And he would, just, he would just go through and he would walk with me through it. Look what I've done. Oh, hold on just a second. Oh, go grab the water. This one needs to have a little bit extra water. As he's walking through it, just talking to somebody else about it because he loves what he's producing. He loves the benefit. Like what is happening here he thinks is beautiful, right? That's who the Father God is to us. That's who the Father God is to us. He's gentle over us. Even in his pruning, he does it with intention and with precision. He's precise and intentional in the way that he prunes. He doesn't just go in and start hacking things away. He's actually going, this branch needs to be supported because it's going the wrong direction. It's falling over, right? And so he comes in and he picks it up and he begins to support it. I don't know what's... I'm not even moving. (laughs) I'm moving. Okay. I don't know what I need to do here. Do I need to do anything or just ignore it? Okay. I will ignore it. You guys have to ignore it too. (laughs) I have a loose wire. (laughs) We all know I have a loose wire. I married you. I have to have a loose wire. (laughs) All right. There was this really cool scripture verse in Isaiah 27. It's 27, two and three. And the first verse says, a vineyard of wine, sing of it. And it's actually declaring out, like it's rejoice over the vineyard. Okay, that's what it's saying, rejoice over the vineyard. And it's talking about Israel. And it says, I, the Lord, am the vineyard's keeper. I water it every moment. So it's, that's one phrase. I am, the, I am its keeper. I water it every moment. So that no one will damage it, I guard it day and night. Is that someone who put the vineyard out there and walked away and left it to be all by itself? No, it's not. It's someone who is attentive. The Father God is attentive over us. He pays attention to it. He's constantly pouring out the rain of his presence over us. Right, He's paying attention to what we need and he is giving us the rain of his presence, the rain of his, of his spirit. He guards it day and night so that no one will damage it. He pays attention to the enemy and he's guarding over us. We're his prized possession. Why? Because he loves us. Because we're bearing fruit for him. Because what we're producing is really, really good, right? And he prunes us so that what we're producing becomes even better, right? This is a good father. This is what it looks like to be loved by God as, as, a, as a vine. We're connected in. Everything we do is grafted into Jesus Christ, and we cannot be separated from him. And, Jesus, and Father God doesn't view us as separate from him. We become part of the vine. We're part of Jesus. And so as God comes in and he looks at us, he's looking at us with beauty and with love, and he's going, "Ooh, this is producing really great fruit. But there's another thing of fruit over here that's producing, but that's going to suck all the energy. So I'm going to clip this off so that this can be amazing right? And he's going, that's going the wrong direction. I need to pick it up. I'm going to support it and anchor it into the right direction so that when it grows, it's going to grow towards the sunlight where it can be productive versus growing towards the ground where it's going to be ruined, right? He lifts us, and he cares for us, and he clips us off, and he makes sure that he cleanses his shears between every single cut so that there's no transference of sickness from one to the next. Do you know why they actually burn all of the, the ends of the pruning, like all the pieces that they've pruned off, they burn them because if they chip them up and they put them back into the ground as, so, as a fertilizer, if there's any sort of mold in the stuff that they clipped, it will transfer that mold throughout their entire vineyard. So they pull it aside. They take it away from the vineyard and they burn it so that anything that's gross in there that's, that's sick Or diseased cannot be transferred back into the vineyard. It's out of care, right? Everything that's done is done out of care. I have a little note here, I think it's really important. It says, pruning is considered the most important and expensive management practice in a vineyard. The vine dresser is the one who oversees it. He might not be the one who does it over every single one, but he has trained his people exactly how he wants it done. The vine dresser has recognized that pruning is the most important management practice of his job. Because he wants to make sure that the pruning is the most critical for producing good fruit and producing healthy, a healthy vineyard, right? I think it's important to pay attention to that because that's what the Father does. It says, Father God prunes us. He takes it upon himself to do the most expensive and time-consuming task In the vineyard, because he loves us and he wants to make sure that we're cared for well. Okay, I have this last little bit I want to just kind of says, Do you see how the vineyard, how the vine dresser is gentle, caring, attentive, and intentional? Do you see that? Do you notice how Jesus intentionally used the words my father? And he had been, so he never changed the subject from chapter 14 to chapter 15. He just kept talking about the same subject. It was still his father. And they were scared because he was telling them he was leaving them. And everything in the world was getting ready to change. And he's like, but you have to understand that my father, he's the, been the one speaking through me. He's been the one acting through me. He's been the one telling me what to do. And now I'm leaving you. Now you're scared. And I'm telling you that my father is a really good fine dresser. He's been the one doing this all along. So when I'm leaving, I'm not really leaving you abandoned as orphans, right? Isn't that what he said in chapter 14? But he's coming to me as a, as to us as a father and he's loving on us and he's caring for us. These scripture verses were meant to encourage us into to walk into the righteousness of God with the understanding of who Father God was towards us. He is showing how how as a father he tends to his children. He's gentle, he's caring, he's attentive, he's intentional, he's the protector. And a provider. All of those things happen with, with the vine dresser. I want to just end on this. It says, This is the beauty of abiding. Jesus speaks of living inside the Father's love. It's the beauty of abiding. In, the, in love, the Father tends to us, He cares for us, He provides and protects us. As we stay in Jesus, we produce great fruit. His pruning is always out of love. He views us the same as he does the vine because the branches are a part of the vine. He loves us the same as he loves Jesus because we have become a part of Jesus. When we believe that he's not good, we look at the pruning as something scary or we we view the scripture that says he takes away when it doesn't produce fruit. And we think that he's just cutting us off and casting us aside like so many of our fathers did, growing up. If we weren't good enough, if we didn't do what we should have done, then we were just discarded and told to get out, get out of our sight. That's how it feels sometimes when we read that verse when we don't understand from a father's perspective or from a vine dresser's perspective. If you didn't have a good father, maybe you do understand a good farmer. Okay, and so he was giving another analogy for this. He loves us. The pruning is good for us. It's not scary. When we understand that he's coming to prop us up to help us succeed and to grow healthy and in the right direction, we find that we can trust him. So even just reading those two verses should speak to you about how you can trust the Father and his care over us. Right? That's what it is. Okay, so we're going to take a second. And we're just going to break off some lies maybe that we've believed about this, okay? We're just going to do it really quick. So just pray with me. So Jesus, I choose to break off a lie that you just cut us off when we're not not bearing enough fruit. And I choose to break off any lie that I might believe that your pruning will hurt me and is a mean father just punishing his child. Father, I break off those lies through your son, Jesus Christ. Would you begin to reteach me, renew my mind to see you as a good Father, one who is gentle over me, one who is kind over me, one who is attentive, that you're intentional in your pruning, that you do it out of love, that you always have my good in mind. God, and I declare out today that I will choose to begin to change the way I think, to see you as you've written yourself in the word. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarrensburg.com. We hope to see you soon.